You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today I'm excited to bring you a short talk or mini sermon, if you will, from Patreon. Now, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it is a website that hosts another aspect of our ministry, where we provide exclusive content to people who help support our ministry for just a few dollars a month. So we do live events these short talks. This one is actually a video where I've just kind of uploaded the audio here. We're doing exclusive podcast episodes where we do fresh insights into what we've been exploring lately, exclusive blog posts. Soon we're going to be doing a series on Psalm chapter 23, going line by line through that beautiful Psalm about God being our shepherd, adding some guided practices in. We went into the book of Revelation and more. So friends, if you have not checked out Patreon before, I would love for you to click that link in the description below. And if you've been blessed by Rua Space, this is a great way to help keep this ministry going while getting access to some really cool material. So friends, thank you for being here today. I pray that this mini sermon will bless you, challenge you, and encourage you in your walk, your journey of faith. Hey friends, here we are for our next sermon, our first one with video. And I think it's fitting to explore a story that we all know really well, but one that I think there's simplicity in that we might be missing. And that is the parable of the Good Samaritan as seen in Luke chapter 10. Now I love this story and I think most of us probably know it by heart. You could probably just recite it to me, if not word for word, pretty close. And we know the many layers of what's going on in this story, this invitation to love. But I think on some levels, in going to the depth of the story, we may be missing something that's right on the surface. So in this story, there's a man who wants to know how he can inherit eternal life. Trying to make sure I don't get hit by any more cars here. (laughs) And he's talking to Jesus and he rightly answers that he has to love God and love others, love his neighbor as himself. But then the question comes up, well, who's my neighbor? So Jesus tells this story, right, about a man who gets beat up and left on the side of the road. And while he's laying there in this vulnerable state, religious leaders walk or step right over him for reasons we can talk about another time, right? But then a Samaritan enters the story. And this man has compassion. He sees the one who's in the difficult spot and he does something about it. He helps him up puts him on his own animal, takes him to an inn, and pays for his care. Now, Jesus ends the story by asking, you know, who is the neighbor in this story? And the Jewish person answers, you know, the one 
who had compassion, who helped him, right? He, he can't even get himself to say Samaritan because they're such enemies. And that's the right answer. And from this, we learn that we are invited, called, commanded to love everyone, including our enemies. And this is a vital teaching, right? But I wonder sometimes if in going that direction, which is the right direction, it doesn't mean it's the only one, however, I wonder if we've missed the fact that our neighbors are actually our neighbors, if that makes sense. Not just an enemy who lives far away or an enemy who lives in our neighborhood, but who is your neighbor? Friends, literally, your neighbor are your neighbors. Who is the one you're called to love as you love yourself? Yes, of course, everyone. Yes, those people who drive you crazy. Yes, the people who we are told are unlovable. But on a really simple, basic level, we're called to love the people who live near and around us. The people whose homes are right next to us. The people who we rub shoulders with in the store and where our kids play. At our local coffee shop. Our business owners, the people doing life right around us. We have to lose track of this, don't we? And there's many reasons for this. You know, we do live in a globalized world with internet and social media. And there's many, many really good, important aspects that come with that. I'm grateful that justice issues around the world are becoming a bigger thing because information travels and we can see and notice and do something. I'm grateful I can stay in touch with friends in Africa and many of you, even though we don't live close by. But at the same time, that can also disconnect us from our literal, physical places. So that we live in a world where the physical doesn't matter as much because where you are doesn't matter. You can be connected to anyone, anywhere. So what does your neighborhood matter? What do the actual people doing life where you're doing life matter? I think that's really sad. And I think it's to lose sight once again that we are physical, finite beings, right? Like I'm just about six feet tall. Most people I know range from, you know, a foot tall when you're just born to maybe seven feet. I don't know if there's anyone over eight feet tall, is there? But we're pretty small. God created us to be finite. We exist in one physical location at a time. And the people around us, therefore, matter. And I think this is compounded by the fact that many of our churches have become commuter churches, which again, conversation for another time, right? There's positives and negatives to it all. But when we drive really far distances to go to church, it's hard to be rooted in one neighborhood because we're not getting to know all the issues of that neighborhood. We're not worshiping with the people who live right where we live. You know, in the original churches, it was very interesting because the letters are addressed to whom? You know, the church at Philippi. 
the church at Thessalonica, the church in a specific location, defined by the city, by the place that they were in. So these people did life together. And again, I'm not saying stop going to a church that's far away. It's, again, a different conversation that's much more nuanced. But I think it just adds to us often forgetting that real life is done in a place with the people who are around us. And I think in our day and age, with all the good that has come from technology, I think people are yearning for real connection again. I think people are yearning for someone who will see them in their real life and care. I think there is immense potential in loving our neighbors. And of course, when I say neighbor, I mean literally in loving our actual physical neighbors. And so I have a question for you. Something to ponder a little bit. <clears throat> Do you know the names of any of your neighbors? Do you know who they are? Whether it's the person who lives next to you, across the street, behind you, a couple streets over, whatever. Do you know who owns the business where you get your pizza or your cheeseburger or your vegan meal or your sushi, right? Your coffee. Do you know anything about the people who play and work in your area? What do you know about your neighborhood? About their passions? their desires, their hopes and dreams. Because to me, this is one of the things that Jesus did really well. Jesus saw people where he was. Now, he did travel a lot, but he shows us what faithful presence, what loving people in person looks like. So he saw Zacchaeus hiding in a tree yearning for a community but not able to have it because of his position and his mistakes and he invited him down and had dinner with him and having dinner with him changed not only his life but the life of the whole community or he saw a man <coughs> shackled and left among the tombstones and he healed him and again, it changed a community. Or he heard a blind man calling out in the crowd. And he asked him what he could do for him, right? Or he saw a blind man. Or he saw someone with a withered hand. My question is, do we see the real flesh and blood people in our lives? Because it's very easy to love, easy to, well, not easy, but it's, Sometimes easier to love the hypothetical enemy out there and miss the real people in our midst. But you know, this is where life is done, friends. It's in the neighborhood. It's with the real people. And so I have a challenge for you. If we're going to follow Jesus' command to love God and love our neighbor as ourself, 
We need to get to know our neighbors. So walk your neighborhood. See what you can see. Listen to the sounds. What do you notice? What's there? What's missing? Maybe pray for these people. What do you think they might be struggling with? What do you think they need? What do you think they desire? What do you think their story is? Pray. Maybe say hello. See if you can learn a name. See if there's a need that you can pick out. And I'd be curious as to whether you could meet that. Maybe it's going to a local business and getting to know the person who works there or owns it. Or like this Saturday, in a couple days, Aaron and I are hoping to do a park cleanup. We're just going to go and help pick up a park. <clears throat> because our neighborhood cares about the park. And because it's a chance to get to know other people who care. A chance to get to know what is the ethos, what is the vibe of this place <clears throat> and these people. Maybe there's an elderly person or a single mom or dad or a really wealthy couple. It's about paying attention, about being curious and about sort of asking, what might God be inviting me to do? It was interesting, just on this walk, I was recording <coughs> a few minutes ago. Someone thought I was casing someone's house. <laughs> because I had a camera and they thought maybe I was taking pictures of someone's house. Hey, that's a neighbor. They had their eyes open and they loved the person whose house I was in front of and they cared enough to ask a question. They were really kind about it, but that's a neighbor. They saw, they engaged, they cared. And there's more and more amazing stories coming out about people building community gardens, about rallying around one another to care. You know, I think that's how we're going to show Jesus to people. You know, we can teach them all the beliefs and all that stuff. I'm not saying that's not important. But in a day of disconnection, a day when many people feel, even though we're more visible than other people, probably feel the least seen that they've ever been. So we have an opportunity to see. We have an opportunity to hear. We have an opportunity to offer what we've been given with love, with mercy, with grace, to love and serve as we've been loved and served, to care as God cares for us, to give what we've been given. So friends, do you know your neighbor's names? Do you know who they are and what they care about? Do you know what's going on locally? And then how can you take a step to get to know maybe one name this week. Get to know one issue that people care about and ask, how can I be the hands and feet of Jesus to this person or this issue or this place? Because friends, where you are is not an accident. Who you are is not an accident. And you're invited to be faithfully present where you are for the good news of Jesus. So friends, let me know what comes up. Let me know who you meet. I can't wait to see the way that you love God and love your neighbor. Grace and peace.
Hey friends, before you go, I just want to say thank you again for joining us for this episode today. And once again, highly encourage you to check out that link in the description below to go check out Patreon, where again, for a few dollars a month, you help bless the ministry, help us to continue reaching people with this good news of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how to make space in our lives and gain access to some really cool content that we're doing. So thanks again, friends, for being here today. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.